I'm strapped up. Nothing. What was that about? Let's make the fight happen. We strapped the fuck up. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of the Strap Season Podcast. I'm your host, Flows. I'm your host, Cam. And make sure you check us out on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can find us on everything, all streaming platforms. Um, you know what time it is when I'm introing the pod, episode 164. We've got a special guest in the building today. Um, a man I like to call the voice, always gives great insights and great breakdowns. He's back again. Mr. Hayden Cowley, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me again. It's always it's great pleasure. to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Hayden. Um, particular reason why we got you on this week, which we'll delve into. Um, but yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you here, man. Um, we always offer great insights and we look I look forward to this one, guys, because you know we're gonna have a whole lot of chopping up, a whole lot of insights. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one, it's gonna be a good one. Sure. Um so let's not stand on ceremony floors and Hayden, let's 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 delve straight into it. Um let's go. A few fights that happened that occurred last well, last couple of days. Um Flows, I don't know if you have a preference. Do you want to start with the middleweight unification that we saw or Tim Zhu? Um, um yeah, do where, where do you fancy you know I want to start with um Tim Zhu. Okay. Let's, let's, yeah, that was the most recent, that was fre fresh yeah. in our minds. Cool. Um, we've got Tim Zhu, obviously, who's a new w, you know, newly crowned WBO champion at 154. Um, so this is his first title defense against Brian Mendoza, who, as I said, listeners, this was a guy that knocked out, well, yeah, he beat he beat Fondora, um, beat Rosario a couple of years back as well. Um, I guess this was meant to be seen as a nice, like, let's say crowning moment for Tim Zhu, right? In front of his home fans, new champion. He can, you know, flex and really show that he means business and he's now the person to fear 154. Um, Hayden flows. I know you probably you both caught the fight. Um I'll, I'll start with you, Hayden, because obviously me and Flows have spoken about Tim Zhu a lot on this pod and what we feel about him. I'll be it'll be yeah. good to gauge what you feel about Tim Zhu. Were you impressed with the performance and where do you rate him in terms of is do you think he is the future of 154 pounds, or do you feel like he's still not quite there yet? You know, looking at the uh, looking at the overall landscape of the uh, 154 pound division, I find it lacking. Um, so, you know, this you, you've got to realize, too, that the, the learning curve for Tim Zhu has been steep. And uh, I think there are a lot of fundamental flaws, uh, but he has so many other talents. Uh, his speed, his timing, his combination, punching, his muscular endurance. Um I think he is not always as defensively responsible as I'd like him to see head off uh, center line. Doesn't happen enough. Um, you know, standing in front of his opponents a little bit too long, admiring his handiwork or looking for another opportunity when, uh, you know, instinctively the uh, fighter in front of him, who's just gotten blasted is probably going to shell up tight or blast back out of instinct to get him off. And uh, I don't think he pays enough attention to that. Uh, and, and it could get him in a little trouble. It did get him decked once. Um, 
you know, standing there and, and, and catching a straight, straight punch down the middle that he just looked at, uh, uh, on impact. Um, I, I don't know right now, uh, barring someone moving up from the welterweight division, uh, what the what's really that big a challenge for him and i think he's in the right place at the right time given his skill level and his meteoric rise uh i you i had also doubts and fears early on about his father uh costa and the pressure that he might receive there to perform uh not in a uh not in a hatton like way but uh it is a big you know it, it, it is big it, a big shoe to fill right those are big shoes to fill um and i think he's handled that well and i think in part because his father has kind of stepped back and let this happen and watched it and encouraged and been supportive he's been virtually you know he's been pretty quiet so mm -hmm. I, I think like i said i think it's been right place right time i see him improving i see him doing great things i see a power increase increase he's kind of filling out and growing into this body and being consistent but i don't know that outside of volume and the consistent power punching uh that he has that one punch power developed that his father had and some of the more resilient opponents that may co come up and let's just say crawford uh might pose a different set of variables for him to handle no, expertly said of Hayden, as expected. <laughs> it's so funny that you pinpointed straight away that we liked him in terms of what he's doing, the right things for us, right, Flores? We feel like he's yeah. doing the right things. He's obviously huge support in Australia. He's putting out performances where he's blasting guys out there and he's exciting to watch because he's front foot. Like I said, he, he's a very good combination puncher. But the one thing yeah. that we pinpointed on this pod was that he does get hit too easily for our liking. He can be caught because he's so aggressive. He's a bit open. His footwork isn't the best. And when you may, you know, he's beating what's in front of him, which is good. And I think the performance again against Mendoza, I watched the fight and it was a good performance again in terms of he did what he had to do. He was right. the one that was pushing the pace. He was coming forward, aggressive. He caught Mendoza with some bombs. And, you know, I'm going to credit Mendoza for sticking, staying in there because there were Absolutely. times, especially I think from the 10th, yeah. the 10th to 12th yeah. round, where he was drowning and he stuck, he stuck in it. So fair play to Mendoza. But um, I'm watching Tim Zhu and I see, like I said, holes in his game a little bit, which I guess he's young and experienced and he will he will definitely learn. As he said, he learned. He's been put on the ground before, so he, he can learn. But we want to see him, I guess. There's no option for him now, Hayden, Flores, but the Charlo fight, which is obviously who he wants, who, he's, who was meant to have fought a while ago. Then it, it fell through a few times injuries and whatnot and now he's calling Charlo out to you know to get the you know the unification for undisputed um do you guys think he's ready for Charlo or is that especially this is Charlo coming off a loss to Canelo which obviously we know is different circumstances but it, it's still a loss but does the yeah, Charlo fight yeah, interest that you at all? Is, that that loss has kind of soured the milk a little bit um uh, he's getting a lot of bad press about that. And his brother went on and posted that his son <laughs> being, <him>. bullied, <laughs> being bullied at school. I don't know that that was the best thing to do there. Um, I think he may have wanted to call his brother before he made that post. Yeah, but um, Hayden, but you, know, you, you know they argue, right? So they're, they're right now, they're not yeah, on good terms. Yeah, yeah. So. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was over at the gym the other day w waiting uh, for a sparring session to, you know, to watch a sparring session and uh, a, a, a no show. So, mm. you know, I, I'm going to probably try to sit down with Dominic and, and find out what, you know, what the uh, the climate is uh, right now. Um, I'm curious, before I give my take on that, I want to hear what Flo's has to say about it. Well, um, I think you, you explained the landscape of 154 isn't great. Um, he's beating what's in front of him. There's people who are fading, who are moving out. There's people like Danny Garcia, who's still apparently in, in that division. Um, I think what's the chart still hanging about as well. I think the only option for him is to, to show us if he's ready against a Jamel Charlo. The beauty of it, while he has flaws, Jamel Charlo has flaws as well. Um, I guess for, <laughs> Jamel Charlo is more experienced, had better position. But I think it's now or never for him. I don't think there's any more learning fights available to him. Um, I will say the Tony Harrison fight where he beat Tony Harrison was where I thought, okay, maybe he's the real deal. Maybe he can go on to clinch, clinch a few titles at this division. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, may, I maybe would fancy Mel still, but I think it, it's it's his best chance to show us that he's ready. Um, I don't think there's anything, there's any more waiting. I think he should go in there and show us. Yeah, I, I, I think Flo's, I think it's a dangerous fight for him right now. Um, given the bad press on on Charlo, if I were a manager and I were a promoter and the fight came up and I, I'd have to be creative about how I marketed that fight. If I had another choice, Crawford, I would take that over the Charlo fight. I think that uh, it's harder to get wait, credibility. Wait, you'll, you'll take... That's a Tim very Zoom interesting take. <laughs> yeah, Over I, Tim I Zoom, no. go, go ahead. Well, so, so, because this is striking while the iron's hot, right? This is a, a, a unified, undisputed guy. He's a pound for pound guy. You're getting you're you're getting none of that from from Charlo, right? He's moving up, his name is hot. Everybody, you know, considers him the top dog right now. Um, besides the obvious Canelo, right? Um, a loss to him is nowhere near as bad a lot as a loss to Charlo right now. Mm. Right. Yeah. I, I think it, it would be wise to give Charlo an opportunity to snack on some of the, you know, you know, the usual suspects, build his credibility back up, show himself as a warrior, let him get his, uh, his lion pride back going and, and, and named it. And then not only that, it gives zoo a chance prepare and learn a little bit more about Charlo before he faces him. It makes Charlo a little bit longer in the tooth as well. Right. Um, if he loses to Crawford, everybody says, well, he lost to the best guy in the, in, in the sport almost. Right. If he loses to Charlo, well, he, he lost to a quitter. How good could he be? If you, you know, you, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. I think right now a Crawford uh, zoo fight gets garners way more money. So if we're walking away talking about the bag, you know, we'll be going the Crawford route. That it's and that's so, my it, take. It's so funny to me that the 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 heat Charlo's gotten from this fight <laughs> is 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 hilarious to me because I expected him to lose that fight, and we said on this pod that no matter what he does, he can't beat Canelo. There's a skill gap. 
that he just can't overcome. And because right. of his performance and a power his and a size and power gap. And the size and power, look, there's no like there's just nothing you could do to because the way he fought, he lost. But if he was decided to be more aggressive, Canelo would just counter him and knock him out. Even worse. <laughs> so that there, there was no that Charlo could not win that fight unless it was a lucky punch or whatever. He can't hurt Canelo. He can't walk him down. He did it. Charlo for money. won. Yes. Yes. Char- Charlo was, won. <laughs> look, yeah. he would look, you know, he did. And we said it. We said he, even though he lost, he really won because most, well, most boxing heads knew that Charlie was never going to win this fight. The casuals are there saying, "Oh yeah, he quit. He gave up. He didn't want to do it. He, he, he wasn't. He ran." And they and, and they pay the bills. They're the ones yeah, that pay the bills. They're the ones that show what, up. That's what's crazy. It's it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> mad fact. The narrative is that Charlo was a quitter and whatnot. When we know he wasn't a quitter, he did what no. he could to survive. He, he, I, I, it, I think he did an excellent job that. of surviving. He did. I thought he did. I thought he was. I thought he did a wonderful Veteran job. Stuff. Happen, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's mad that this is our discussion when it comes to Charlo that his stock has fallen so much that you, for example, don't think that even the Tim Zoo Charlo fight will even sell tickets based on the fact that what he did. That's crazy. But yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> but that's, but, but yeah. big brother, big Charlo versus Canelo. Now we'll send. You know, this is this is. Oh revenge. yeah, revenge. This yeah, is. Yeah, I am yeah. here to avenge. That's yeah. marketing. Yes. Right? So oh yeah, we, we knew that would happen. We yeah. knew that would happen. That was the place of the get That was the that, that right. was, we, we did, did we call it? We said he will beat yeah. little brother and he will go big brother avenge That's absolutely absolutely yeah. we expected that. The guys yeah. in the know know. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, do I think that Charlo and Sue uh, what the outcome is there? You know, there is a chance. There is a chance. Uh, you know, Zoo is busy, he's relentless. You know, when you look at the the overall, and I, I I'm gonna speak for both. Uh I'm gonna say it. The Charlos, when you look at the Charlos uh brand of boxing, it's very similar, right? You look at the awkwardness and the angular punching that you get from Zoo. You look at the kind of Cuban styled overhand shots that he throws, the the uh, lean over, nice, neat lead uppercuts that he throws. They're very Castaño-esque. And we saw what happened uh, with a Castaño and a Charlo uh, in the first outing, right? And in the second outing a bit. Um, so, you know, does he have a chance? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, if they fought 10 times, you know, three out of 10, four out of 10, maybe. Yep. So why not? Why not? I, I think that could happen. I think, but I do, I I think it's a it's a dangerous fight for both of them. It could be career suicide for Charlo, and it could really set back Zoo from his, you know, he's had the easy path. He really has had the easy path yeah. and been catapulted to a, a, a unified position. Uh, and he's sitting pretty right now. I, I agree with you. I just think the gamble of going against the Crawfords, which is right now to me. One, one out of ten, maybe. <laughs> huge, it's, huge gamble. But I'd rather see him fight Crawford now than lose to him later, because once Crawford gets to this division and 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 fills out yeah. fully, right, he's gonna be he's gonna be hitting harder, have a little bit more skill and a little bit more time. So I don't think it's I I think it's better that he be the bigger fighter right now and. Any advantage that he can have right now, take it because I don't yeah. think he'll have them. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, I actually, yeah, I agree with you, Hayden, in the sense that, yeah, I always felt like his Tim Zhu style can give Charlo a lot of problems. And I'm glad you brought up Castaño because it's a, it's that pressure on your chest sort of style that 
Yeah. We've seen yeah. Charlo struggle to do it before. Yeah. Uh, struggled with Canelo, example. So, and this is a guy that applies pressure. I do think yeah. if they were to fight, though, Charlo wins. I just think he obviously he's got the wherefore, he's got the experience. And as I said, Tim Zhu gets hit. And I think Charlo is a good boxer. What Contrary to what the, the casual fans want to say now, Charlo is a good boxer, very competent, he's, he's, and he is he explosive, is. very explosive he power. Is. He can catch him when he's coming in. And we've seen Tim, like I said, we've seen the color of Tim Zhu's shoes before. We've seen him touch canvas, and Charlo's right. got enough power to drop him and hurt him, seriously hurt him. So I favor Charlo in that scenario if they were to fight. You know what it is? Yeah. It's the best time for Tim Zhu to fight, even Crawford or Charlo. I think it's the, it's the best time to get both of them. Exactly. As you it, think it, about it. Yeah. So he, yeah, he needs yeah, like you say, strike one guy so... as pretty as he can right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I suspect it would be a case of obviously if Spence Crawford rematch does happen at 154, then we will probably see Charlo Zoo because that will happen in the interim. And then obviously right. the winner will the winner will then fight fight Crawford. Right. And for all the marbles, that's probably what's going to happen. I suspect. So, so you're making a prediction on that? At, <laughs> yeah, and I think you'll, so. We'll, we'll probably see Bell Crawford down the line. That's my prediction, obviously. So yeah, for all the marbles, of course, it has to be for all the marbles yeah, on play. Yeah. And Crawford. Yeah, will too do many the things. That, too many things have been said. Uh, shots have been fired. They can't be unshot. They can't be unsaid. I think mm. you're right. I think we will see a Mel Crawford fight uh, at 154. And yeah. at the end of the day, I think that's the big money fight for Zoo. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Nice, nice. Um, okay, let's let's take a little step up then to the middleweight division. Um, Hayden, I don't know if you know, but we're on this pod numerous times. We've me and Flores have actually called the middleweight division probably the if one of the worst or the worst division in boxing right now. Uh, to us, it's yeah. very, very dry. Very, very dry. Uh, and testament to, I guess, how there is just little promo about this division. We had a unification fight yesterday that not many people knew about, but it went down. Uh, we've got Johnny Beck, who's the Kazakh. Well, no, I'm going to try and say the new Triple G, but he's not really like Triple G, but he's Kazakh, like Triple G. And right. um, Gautieri, who's a German fighter, who had the IBF strap. Um, and to be honest... A solid fighter. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I wasn't familiar with him to be honest. This is my first time watching him yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, Hayden Flores, this girl Thierry guy didn't look. He looked like he didn't even belong in the ring with Janibek. It. I think Janibek washed him, and he ended. He stopped him in six. But to me, Gaultieri was barely in the fight. And um, yeah, he, he didn't look like he should have deserved to be in there with him. But he's a champion, so I'll give him the respect that he won the title. But um. Yeah, this Janibek guy, it was a good performance for him. He stopped the guy in six. He showed, to me, he showed good footwork, good combination punching. Showed a bit. I've seen Janibek before, but this is like, yeah, first time seeing him properly again. And he showed he showed me good things. Um, He's learning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether or not we, he can then become the new face of the 160-pound division, that remains to be seen. But um, I think the performance yesterday was a good stepping stone into, I guess, you know, trying to, for him to, you know, step out the shadow of Triple G and become the new face, as I said. Um, Hayden Flores, are you guys familiar with, I mean, are you, Hayden, I would say, I'll refer to you again, are you familiar with Janibek previously, or was it the sort of the first time you sort of seen him in action yesterday? I, I've watched him fight four times. Four times, okay. And um, each time I'm impressed by 
uh, first of all, his ring IQ is developing uh, at such a rapid pace. And he's not a headhunter. Uh, he'll break he'll break a guy down if he has to. Uh, I, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that he is vicious with either hand. And again, we're dealing with a real pressure fighter. Um, if It's hard to find a pocket with the guy who's willing to move laterally while he punches. And that's part of what what causes some of those looping punches to be as short and compact as they are is that he's actually moving his body across so the hook doesn't have to travel that that far. When he cuts back across, the cross doesn't have to travel that far because his body is moving towards his opponent at an angle. So he's a he's a moving target all the time, and it's a moving target of pressure. There's no pocket. There's no pocket to stand in and counterpunch. You have to be on the outside, and he changes the perimeter values all the time. So, you know, it's 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 like having a sharpshooter at every corner. Uh, by the time, you know, he dictates the pace, he dictates the angle, uh, he dic- dictates the distance, and it's pressure, pressure, pressure. That guy's going to be really hard to beat. I agree. I've seen him before twice. Denzel Bentley. Denzel, I, I Bentley. Denzel, yeah, Denzel Bentley, yeah. Denzel Bentley, which I was impressed with. I saw the Butler fight um, where he dismantled Butler. Um, and so I, I like him. I don't like the division. <laughs> One sixty division is it's a tra- It's a trash division. Um, the worst, but, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a clean division. It's a there's there's not much there. Barely any so, any activity. Oh, there's barely any activity from the champions. You don't really know the faces. They're not really fighting each other until now. Obviously, we've seen this this unification, which surprised even us. Close when we saw that it was made, we're like, wow, very surprising because these guys don't tend to fight each other. But um, yeah, he he's put himself in a good position to yeah to be the face. I think. Um, I, I think yeah. part of the problem with this division is everyone's chasing Canelo. The factors in this division have all moved up to one sixty eight, uh, chasing Canelo. Right. So it's 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 a bit of a barren division. He he can take yeah. over if that's what he wants. But I saw he called out Canelo after. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and you know, I think that's what he's supposed to do, just to yeah. just to build the uh, hype. He's never going to get that fight. Mm. There's no way on earth he gets into the Canelo sweepstakes, which are almost over. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know if people, you know, first of all, we've got to look. The guy's been fighting as a pro since he was 15. 15, right? And yeah. the, the the kind of mileage and the you know in training where he trains, how he trains, and then on top of that, the kind of opponents and, and, and fights he's had. You know, we're seeing more and more and more Canelo coming from behind. This is the first time in a long time we've seen Canelo start to finish. This was a glorified sparring session for him, you know, uh, fighting Charlo. I felt like it was, uh, if I were training Canelo, I, I you know, I say, look, look, we're not, we're not boxing. We're just going to go out there and work on walking a guy down cutting off the angles and bombing away. Don't even worry about jabbing your way to him or right? just just follow him, cut him off, punch him. You know, and he barely broke a sweat. He didn't look like he he'd been in a fight. And it's the first time we've seen that in a while. He's come from behind with plan. He's come from behind just everyone. Everyone. Right? So the mileage on him is great. And we have to consider that he can't do this for much longer. He's also looking for his 
biggest paydays before he gets out. So, you know, I, I don't think that comes from Genebeck, uh, especially since his last name is Alphabet. You know, it, it's not a fan-friendly – he has a fan-friendly yeah. style, but certainly not a marketing name, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, we have to look at that. What's what's a big money fight for Canelo? Benavides. Uh, yeah, I, don't I mean, that's Mungia. the biggest – yeah, I don't think it's Mungia. I don't think it's Morel. I don't. We'll talk about Mungia. We'll talk about him. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think it's a rematch with Bivol. Uh, yeah. I think Bivol. No, we, was we don't want we don't, we don't want him to fight Bivol again because he loses every, every time. <laughs> right, right, every <laughs> single time. This that's you know, some of that is about the size, and yep. some of that is about the technical skill. Skills, um, yeah. I, I just yeah, ten out of ten. I don't think he, he, he can beat Bavol. Uh I don't think he beats anyone in that division in the top five. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't I don't see where he has anywhere to go. All roads to me at this point, all roads lead to Benavides. Yeah. Uh, and Benavides no, we, is there. He, he's ready for it. He wants it. We've been, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's earned it now in our eyes. So we, it, definitely. It, well, it's going to happen. It's a free fight deal PBC. Benavides, yeah. we said, we pulled it straight away. Benavides will be, probably be the, the second or third one. So, and yeah. that's what's going to happen. So, but, um, yeah. back to, back to, back to Janibek. Um, if I look at the other champions at 160, obviously you've got the ghost of Jamal Charlo still there somehow, still champion. Never strips, never mandated. But yeah, that's another conversation in itself. Yeah, the the inactivity <laughs> and maintenance of a of titles is is ridiculous these days. I I, yeah. I just I don't get how we're getting. Well, I mean, it, it's it's Hayden. It seems to be certain sanctioning bodies are the ones that are pushing it, and other, other and other governing bodies are you know other governing bodies are, are protecting their fighters. So right, right, yeah. And Charlo seems to be protected. If I if I'm keeping it a buck, you know how he hasn't been mandated or stripped. After all this time, after all this inactivity, is is insane to me. But well, well, Charlo well, money is being protected. It's always yeah. about the money. With these well, guys. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's no surprise to me that you know I've been saying that you know Mauricio Solomon and Al Heyman are buddy buddy. So, you know, Charlo being a PBC fight, right? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm you know two plus you know one plus yeah, one I, is two. I, I right? still so. yet to figure out what a franchise belt is. I, I haven't. I, I asked Mr. <laughs> Solomon in person. Oh, and, he you? Just kind of, and he and he just kind of chuckled at me. So you're joking, you know. <laughs> he, just, he looked at me and laughed, and he was like, he put up a finger, and he just kind of, you know. Wow. So I was like, all right, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So yeah. wow. Um, the other champion and, is and, is Arizondi Lara as well. He's still going. He's still in the division. Um, for you, hey, if you know, I, again, I'm not expecting anything to happen because again, these guys don't tend to fight each other, but. If Janibek was to unify against one of these guys, Lara or Charlo, do you he fancy will. that? Do you fancy his chances against any of these guys? I think he. I I think Lara again. Lara has some spark in him. I just don't think he has the wheels anymore. I think it's. He I think he's. He, he doesn't. He's, been, <laughs> he's got. He's got mileage. You know, a win over Cornflake Lamana. Is not a you know, <laughs> you know. I think he's a better promoter than he is a fighter at this point. You know, I, I love Lara. I thought he was a brilliant fighter. I thought he amazing he, uh, fighter. I th I thought he beat Canelo. 
I had him beating I, Canelo. I, I had him winning Canelo, you know, winning that fight with Canelo. I think he did. He 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 threw enough, landed enough. I thought he controlled the pace of the fight, the ring Absolutely. generalship, his mastery of defense, slipping punches, oh. killing the angles, just killing the angles that Canelo was, you know, coming at. I thought it was beautiful stuff to watch and a blueprint for beating Canelo that no one else has been able to duplicate. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, so at this point, you know, I think I think Janabek's too much. The kind of pressure he's going to put on, um, you know, I, I think six six eight rounds of beautiful Lara, you know, in spurts, uh, is what we're going to see. But he's going to succumb. I just don't see it. Uh, Charlo again, I just don't. See, the, the Charlo style is good against uh, good against straight ahead face first punchers. Right. It's good against lateral movers, but it's not a it's not good against a pressure fighter, an angular fighter who's just going to keep moving and punch in volume with power. It they're mm. just it's not d- designed for that. Um, they're not always uh, apt to bend their legs and, and, and move their heads. You know, they for them, it's waiting and timing and and they're very accurate. They're they're fast and speedy, and they've learned to time punches and counter punch well. They've learned to shell up. They've learned to use their legs to get them out of trouble. But this guy makes the ring really small. Janabek makes that ring really small. Interesting. Interesting. He so gets to have, the angles yeah. first. Yeah. Look, yeah. I, I, how much Laura now? Laura's about 40 something. I think he's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was the last I time think he's. Uh, for yeah, he's forty. I just checked. He's forty. Last I'm time he 40. fought for yeah. was was um, last year in May. Gary O'Sullivan. Yeah, Sullivan. Okay. Yeah, um, he's on his last legs, Lara. Um, yeah. he, he beat Sullivan, didn't he? But yeah, at this yeah. stage, um, I don't think we'll see the the best Lara is far gone. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm not even going to talk about Janet Beck and Charlo fight because that won't happen. Um, Charlo won't fight Janet Beck. Um, <laughs> not that he's scared, but it's the PBC game plan. Um, they keep it in house for one, and he's that's the only good thing about uh, uh, the one sixty pound division is there's nothing else going on, so there's really nowhere to hide. Well, he's got Canelo's name. He's been saying Canelo's name, and anyone who's close to getting a Canelo fight doesn't want to risk it. Doesn't want to risk it. Um, Golovkin's now retired, so that's the other payday. Jamal Charles, what, 33? <laughs> they, yeah. They're coming to the As you say, Flores, we always say the Charles older than Canelo. They're older, they're older than, than Canelo. Canelo. Both Charles. So, yeah. Look, I think Mar's going to try to move up to 168, um, try and get a few paydays there. Um, with Golovkin out of the picture, there's no payday in the 160 division. So, I think it's there for Charlie Beck to take over. Um, Unless he mm. wants to try for his name in his hat, but like Hayden said, he doesn't have a chance. Um, Canelo's not looking in his direction in any way. Jaime Munguia's run up to one sixty eight. Uh, Chris well, Eubank Junior was the fight Conor Ben. I was going <laughs> to say, Flo, Jaime Munguia is probably the one who I feel should be the face of the one sixty pound division. But as we know, Flo, this guy's on rubbish. He's he's not trying to fight anyone. He's been mandated a couple of times to fight for titles. He turned it down. We like him. He's a good fighter, but. Yeah, we don't really know what Golden Boy and his plan is because he, he doesn't seem to want belts. 
he's calling out Canelo's name and whatnot. So yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know for Jaime Munguia. I really don't. You know, that that's really interesting too. That's That's been in the back of my head because when you look at the marketing strategy behind Oscar De La Hoya and his career, it was about getting all the belts, moving up, getting all yeah. the belts, moving up, right? Pound for pound, he was top of the list, yeah. right? Roy, him, you know, and it seems to be that that's the opposite approach for Munguia. And and Oscar's at the helm of that ship right now. So I, I, I'm really kind of confused at what the the strategy for moving Mungia is. Are they just trying to wait people out and catch them late and and finish them off? Or, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's One step forward, two well. steps back. That's, that's his career at the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon yeah. as you start to get a little excited about Mungia, they put him on ice. Yeah. And uh, it, it just baffles me. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, man. It's we, I'm tired of talking about it now because like I said we feel like he should be the face, but he they're doing something over there that we don't know about. Yeah. So it is what it is. But yeah. hats off to Janibek. Um, yeah, I mean now just to make the division exciting again, I hope he does go on to unify with whoever, whether it's Charlo or Lara, where Charlo's probably unlikely, but you know, if he if he can become undisputed middleweight champion, that'd be good for I guess for division and him. And, you know, if Canelo's still knocking around around that time, then maybe he might be able to get Canelo fight if he comes undisputed. But, yeah, probably unlikely. But um, very good fight from what I can see. And I look forward to seeing more of him because, um, yeah, this is like the second time I've seen him. So, yeah, he did well. Um, quickly touch upon the undercard, guys. Uh, there's a fighter that's worth talking about that me and Flores are big fans of, Keyshawn Davis. Um, he was also on the, on the undercard, one of the best up and coming 135 pounders out there today. He fought. Uh, his opponent was called Nahir Nahir Albright. Um, it's interesting because I saw the preamble. Because Keyshawn's very entertaining, and he really knows how to set a fight. He can talk, and he goes at his opponent and whatnot. And he was talking very smoky before the fight in terms of how what he's going to do to Albright, how he's going to knock him out and whatnot. But it's fair to say, guys, I think. It's Albright gave Keyshawn a much tougher fight than I guess people would have anticipated, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, it was harder work for, for in, in there for Keyshawn, even though he did get the win. I think he was good value for the win. Um, yeah, I guess a bit of a wake up call that you know it's not always going to go his way. You know, he can talk, talk about knocking guys out and whatnot, but some of these guys are also very talented and he's got to stay switched on at all times because there were a few times when he got cracked by this Albright guy. Like he got really cracked and he got a bit sloppy from time to time. So I think he deserves he won he deservedly won the fight and I had him ahead on the, all the on, on the on the scorecards. But um, yeah, it's not always gonna go his way. But um yeah, Hayden, are you are you, are you a fan of Keyshawn Davis? Uh, do, do you like what he brings to the table right now? I like what, I like what he brings to the table. Um mm -hmm. so one of the reasons uh you know I, I was a little bit delayed in in getting on uh there earlier was I was actually embroiled in a debate uh, uh, with a uh, boxing group about Keyshawn Davis's fight. And um, then all of a sudden, I, I, one of the Loma haters jumps in and, oh, you guys just uh, you're, you're mad, you know, because uh, they're, they're promoting him to the front of the line. And, and, you know, it's not like they're trying to skip him like like they did Loma. And that one that one got me here. So, I, you know, I had to say, OK, time out. You know, I'm pulling the card on this play. Look, Keyshawn Davis is not Loma. Not yet. Uh, maybe 
that'll come later. I don't see it. Loma's a different animal. And well, you know, I said, stop. How many gold medals in anything did Keyshawn Davis have? Don't call Loma the biggest hype job in the world. And and here you are ready to pop off about how great Keyshawn Davis is. I love Keyshawn Davis. I think fundamentally he's sound, but he lapses. He has lapses in defense. He has lapses in offensive, you know, uh, combination punching. He's looking for one shot. He's a little bit overconfident in some areas. Those things you earn over time. What did he have? 93 amateur fights. Loma had how many? 396. 300. Something, something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And won how many of those? How many gold medals in how many yeah, things? He, does, he lost, right. well, he lost once, right? So. so you're paying your dues because you're a professional amateur in your country versus here in this country. You're an amateur, then you're a pro. Big difference. The hype starts, you know, and, and, and that's, that's another thing. I'm going to say it for 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 your friends on on you know for for your people on that side of the pond, is that you have a more sophisticated palate when it comes to the taste for boxing because you take time to develop that culinary expertise in the amateurs. You know who your star amateurs are. You follow your amateurs. You support your amateurs. You watch the developmental process. They don't do that here in the United States. So casuals here are super casual because it's not until they've been signed by a major label, you know, a major uh, promotional company that's going to promote them because they've got an Olympic medal and they all, they've already developed some level of star quality. Right. So when, when it comes to that kind of comparison, it's not, it, it's apples to oranges because Loma was, exciting in the amateurs he was we could see it already we could already see that the minute he turned that he stepped on the professional stage he was going to accomplish big things he earned it he earned it he he gold medaled in everything twice <laughs> right so here he is and he and he lived up to it to call him a hype job, here he is. How many years later? How many fights later? And he's still being competitive enough to whine and cry about being robbed against the top guys, right? I, I've never seen a, a, a chat room that says Devin Haney definitively won and long across the board, right? So here we are with Keyshawn Davis, and the the expectations for promotion are a little bit high. I think he still has some things to work out. I think it was a great learning experience. This is, he needed this kind of adversity. You can't give a guy like Keyshawn Davis. You see it in his personality already. When you see that overconfidence and you see those defensive lapses and you see that people aren't making him pay for the real estate that he's trying to earn in the ring, right? He's just trying to take this real estate, not walking him behind jabs, not, you know, not stepping off, not, you know, not building circular movement into his, he's coming straight at some of these guys. I think a fight like this is a bit humbling. And it was beautiful because it was after all of that kind of talk. He wanted the smoke. I'm taking him out. I'm knocking him out. Yep. And it wasn't anything at all like that. I think people are being a little hard on him saying it was a mediocre performance. I don't think it was mediocre. I think it was just a higher, he contested at a higher skill of opposition than he was prepared for. He came out victorious, decidedly so, and now hopefully his ego's in check. He can learn from it and become the fighter that we expect him to be, not that we 
already are giving accolades for being. Hey, no, I'm going to tell you straight up now. 100%. I'm going to tell you now. His ego is remaining the same. In fact, he's probably going to talk <laughs> even more. Just from what I've... Look, we, we've been following Keyshawn and his personality is very larger than life, right, Flows? And I think I'm, this guy... I'm worried about he, that. Yeah. He will be talking to, to heavens, honestly. He'll be talking, talking, talking. So even though you might call it a humbling experience, next fight, you'll be talking again, 100%. And um, I, He's got I a, little, he, a little yeah. Adrian Broner on their shoulder. <laughs> a little, a little bit. I, th- I think it's more. Like, I, I, I think he understands what it takes to promote a fight. I guess he understands the businesses of it in terms of he can draw up some interest by talking smack and by going at opponents and whatnot, calling people out. He's called out a a, a UK one forty pounder Adam Azim just the other day. Random. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know where it came from, but he called him out. So you know, I think he's just doing that. He knows he to drum up interest on in his name and whatnot. He's got to talk. And I think it comes naturally to him. Um, and I, for him, for me, it's simple. I just want him to carry on doing the talking in the ring as well. And I do think there's potential there. I do see talent in him. But um, he's not the finished article by any means. No way. He's, no, no. That's why, no. you know, the people he's been calling out, I'm thinking to myself, bro, slow down. You're 10, you're 10, you're 10 and 0. You've had 10 fights. You're not ready yet. Take it easy. Take the steps to build. And then we can then see you against, let's say, the Haney's, for example, um, Frank Martins and whatnot. So, you know, I, right. I just think, I still think he's got room to grow, but there definitely is talent there from what I can see for sure. He's far closer to Jack Catterall than he is Haney or Mar- or Martin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, de- <laughs> definitely Haney anyways, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Lois, you want to jump in? <laughs> yeah. I'll, you see, I like Keisha Davis um, and it's kind of, I don't know, it, it, it's a two-edged sword because, He's popular because he is so brash and so he, he sells his hype. He sells his hype with his talking. Um, but the problem with that is your 10 fights in, like you say, these should be learning fights. These are the fights where you want to go through the fire. You want to have humbling experiences. You want to learn from these fights before you start calling out the Frank Martins, the Devin Haney's, Cambosis. He's, got too, he's already got too many names he's chasing where he should be focused on learning the pro game, find, finding his rhythm, building his hype with his performances, not so much his talk. So I see what he's doing with his talk, but he's trying to sell his hype too much with his performances. Mm-hmm. Like you say, lapses in concentration, trying to get people out with one shot, trying to be admiring his own work in the ring sometimes. I, I do hope his next performance, because he's been active, which is a good thing. He's been active this year. His next performance, he thinks, okay, let me, let me turn it back. Let me give a clinic this performance. Well, work on the just honestly work. Keep keep doing the basics. Is is the best? Is the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing yeah. the basics, and then you you'll start to build that experience, and then you can start saying these names like saying that the Floyd Schofield. He, he's going to have a back and forth with. He ha, he has back and forth with everyone from one thirty five to one forty. Everyone, yeah. literally everyone. Yeah. He, you know the the biggest taunting that no nobody's talking about, and perhaps because he's not in the free world, uh, is the Olympic gold medalist, the Cuban that beat him. Uh, that's, says, no, he no, he he rattles him. Cruz. He, he no, he rattles him. Yes. because every time yeah. Cruz gets mentioned, he Sean can't resist. He gets he upset. Bites. He, he gets upset. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I think that's a problem for him too. Um, he's got to learn to take that with a grain of salt. Um, mm. You know, the, the, those are two different worlds uh, at this point. 
for him. And he needs to put that amateur career behind him. He'll probably never face Cruz again uh, unless Cruz, Cruz somehow defects. And, and you know, uh, so just deal with what's in front of you. Um, oh, I'm oh, sorry, Hayden, just to say Cruz has defected. Cruz is turned pro now. He's with Matt. Has he? Yeah, he's with, he's with Eddie Hearn. And he 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 fought for like a like a interim ish belt in his debut. Yeah, he's had his debut. Yeah, yeah he's had his debut. What? How did I miss that? He put he put in a <laughs> clinic as well. He looked he looks very very good. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So yeah, so, no. So the, that, the, the so, debut was in July, and he won the uh, international lightweight belt with 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 a debut. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what weight? Lightweight. So he came in at one thing. Does, yeah, one forty-five. Okay, so that does change things a little bit. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Keyshawn Davis, uh, you know, better watch out. Look over your shoulder a little bit. Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know how I missed all of that. No, it's fine. But we've said on this pod so many times, the 135 to 140 pound division, those two divisions there, on fire. Oh, it's loaded. The, the oh. amount of talent in up-and-comers, up contenders, champions, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, you rise to the top. It's, it's funny to me. This is the first time in, in boxing history that I... That... 135 may end up a threat at 147. Yeah. And we're seeing yeah. that happen yeah. over and over yeah. again. Yeah. A guy, actually, some of these guys are, they were 130. They debuted and, and already are, are have moved up and pushing threat at 147. Talking mm. about, I mean, Shakur comes to mind when we start talking about 35 to, to, to 47 and the, yep. the problems that happen there you know uh and and then you're trying to figure out well then who are the gatekeepers mm. because it, it, there's so much smoke there right now it, it, it you know uh, who who are the gatekeepers freeze <laughs> a, a, a champion can, can come an ex-champion can come a gatekeeper real quick a gatekeeper. real quick overnight overnight real quick. Josh Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> oh my gosh just Taylor, yo, I'm looking at you, bro. Yo. We threw him under the bus. We threw him oh, under the bus. Oh, man. I hate, I hate to do it. Josh Taylor was my guy, but I hate to do it, man. Damn. Man. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's but crazy, the problem is, crazy. a lot of these guys are getting out of there before they can become gatekeepers. Sean Porter got out of there. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Um, guy that stand on my team beat. Uh, Mikey Garcia. Oh, yeah. Garcia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's long gone. So, that. so that's, and, and, and you know, that's my guy. I love Sandor Martin. I, I just feel like he got a raw deal in the division. But, um, you know. He's very good, man. Yeah, he has got a raw oh, deal in the division. He's, he's excellent, super, excellent, super boxer. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent fighter. Um, so, actually, guys, speaking of, we might as well fast forward to next week. Um, speaking of, well, we mentioned Josh Taylor. Let's talk about our next Josh Taylor opponent um, in Jack Catterall, who, to me... Probably got the rawest deal in boxing, the worst deal in boxing based on what happened to him. That robbery against Josh Taylor. Never got the rematch. Never got mandated to fight for title belts that he should be. He should have had at least one title fight since then. But um, he's back on the rebuild, I guess. Honestly, mentally, this guy must be a giant because what happened to him was criminal. Um, yeah. He didn't look great in his return. 
um, against, uh, what was the opponent's name? Uh, was it Foley? Yeah, Dar- Dara Foley. He didn't look great, but he, did, he got enough to get the, to get the win. That was after a year layoff after the Josh Taylor robbery. Um, but he's in action upcoming weekend against a very experienced Lenares. campaigner, Jorge Linares, who we know very well. Yeah. We've seen many times over in this country. Um, ex-champion. He's probably getting a bit longer of a tooth now. I think he's 38 now, so he's a bit old now. But a very credible opponent for Jack Catterall. And a good fight, to be honest, just to show where Catterall is. And look, to me, if Catterall can recapture the form he was in when he fought Josh Taylor, he's another one in the mix that can pose serious problems in the division. Because to me, Jack Catterall is cold. He's brilliant. Um, Yeah, Hayden again. We haven't heard your thoughts on Catterall. Are you a fan? You know, do you know much about him, or do you agree that the robbery you know, against Josh Taylor was criminal? Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on on, on Jack Catterall? You know, I I really uh, became a Josh Taylor believer uh, after, and and we should probably mention uh, him and his upcoming fight. Um, oh, we will because it, it's division specific. After the Regis Progray fight, don't, hey, don't, you don't know, worry. We'll I, ask you about Regis as well. Don't worry about that. We got you. <laughs> you know, you saw that that not only could Josh Taylor box, he had dog. He he was a legitimate dog. Serious dog. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that that dog got tamed and muzzled by Tio Fimo. By a cat. <laughs> by and then Tio Fimo as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think I think that cat, that cat was a lion uh, that night. And you know, the dog was a chihuahua because we didn't see that kind of bite. We didn't see that kind of resistance. We didn't see that kind of heart. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of defensive posturing from from Josh Taylor that night. Nothing meaningful, nothing. It, it almost looked like he was fighting to survive most of the fight. Um, so, you know, all that to say, when I saw what Catrol did, um, I was a believer. I was absolutely a believer. Now I'm back in no man's land wondering after the T.O. fight, well, which which Josh Taylor showed up to that fight against Catrol? Is, was Catrol that good? And he was the one that broke. He may have been the one to break Josh Taylor and, and his confidence. And, you know, or was he already did he take Catrol too lightly? You know, so I, I, I waffle back and forth. I'm trying to figure it out. When I look at Catrol, though, I do see a good fighter. I do see a solid guy. I do see a tough opponent. I do see a guy that is there to impose his will, not just to get a check as a club, you know, as a former club fighter or something. I, I, I see the skill. I see the work. I think this is um, this is going to be a real crossroads fight for Catrol. Uh, I don't expect the old Linares to show up, but I do expect a Linares uh, to to give him fits. Uh, that's going to show who who he was. Linares is a very proud fighter, uh, so you know we're going to see some veteran moments. I think that uh, you know me personally, I, I think Catrol should come out victorious. I'd like to see him come out cleanly victorious. Yeah, very well put. Fair play. Flows? I, f- I think we will. I think we will see a clean mm-hmm. from Jack Catterall. I'm a believer. Um, I believe he has Josh Taylor's number every time they fight. <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> why, 
I'll, I'll be honest. What I saw, he's he's. I think he destroyed Josh Taylor's confidence. I, well, partially, Josh Taylor it's was both. looking past him. It's Josh Taylor was looking past him. He was, yeah. he was talking about Crawford, talking about moving up to one forty-seven. Um, we looked past Josh Carroll in that fight. Me and Cam, we said. We like Josh, we said we like, we like Jack. Yeah, <laughs> we like him, but Josh Taylor should should come out of that. Um, so I was super impressed with that performance. His last performance after the long layoff, after whatever he's been through, um, wasn't the best. But I think he he sh- he should. I've seen enough from Jack Howard to know that he's he's a skill boxer. I think Lenares is passed it. Um, he's on a losing streak at the minute. Lenares, right? I think he's, yes. he's lost his last two or three. I yeah, think it's, I, uh, yeah, yeah. His last, no, his last three. Yeah, so Haney, Abdullayev, and start with Hamazarian, ha- which I don't, yeah, I don't really know yeah. these guys, but yeah, he is on a losing streak for sure. Yeah, and it's about to be four. Um, Catwell's not a knockout artist, but I think I, I want to see him look because Lawrence can be tricky. He's upset the apple cart a few times in in the UK. But yeah, I I I wanted a clinic from Jack Howell. I wanted to put his name back in the hat with a performance. Now Lenares mm-hmm. isn't the opponent who he will get lauded and praised for beating. Um, he should win this, but um, a clinical performance here, then he can start saying some of the names um, who have the belts that he should have. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I for me, it's it's just the, I think Carroll's freshness will win win him the day against Lenares and. I hope he puts a statement out because, again, I feel like he was hard done by and where he should he shouldn't be where he is now. And that performance against Foley, his last performance, again, I will give him some, I'll shoot him some bail because obviously it came off the back of a year layoff based on the situation with Josh Taylor, and just obviously mentally it can be very hard to bounce back from that that sort of robbery. Um, Hayden Flores, sure. you know, you could become disillusioned with the sport. You could be, you know, you could be a no boxing angry at the world. And think to yourself, you know what? I'm I'm done. I've had it. So I give him credit for even coming back Especially based on what happened. Rolly Romero's got a belt. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you've seen Rolly with a belt. Exactly. Crazy. <laughs> so yeah, no, I give him credit for that and bouncing back. I, I do shoot him some belt there. And Isaac I Cruz hope has he can belt. come back. <laughs> no, Rolly has, has a belt. belt. Isaac Cruz has a belt. Wait, which boy is that? No, Cruz hasn't got a world title though. He, he maybe a regular belt, but not not the. No, he's got some kind of weird belt. Yeah, as well, we don't count those. Hayden. We don't count those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> world they're, titles they're, only. They're... <laughs> you know, I I don't know how they're promoting Isaac Cruz so hard. We uh, say it every you. flows, thank flows. You. I mean, Hayden, thank you, Hayden. We say it every single week that why are they trying to make Isaac Cruz into a killer? They're, they really he, are. They really it, are. It, they're every conversation they're, they're inserting him. They'll say Haney, Pitbull Cruz. Cruz. <laughs> yeah, forcing him down. And even Cruz bought into it. Cruz has become pathological because he he's saying that people are trying to make a name off of him. He, had, <laughs> he, had, <laughs> he told Ryan Garcia that Ryan Garcia is trying to, you know, make a name off of him. Yeah. Honestly, we don't understand the Cruz hype. He's, he's not that. He's not him. He's not that good. But um, they keep trying to force him into conversations. With I him. mean, he, he's not he's not bad, but the, the level of he's hype a punching he's getting... bag. He's a, he's a tough little guy. He's rugged. He's dirty, yeah. you know. But uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's the level. He's he's he's, special, he's, though. You know what? You know what? He's great for boxing because he's the perfect villain to be. Mm. 
He's the perfect. He's he's short and ugly and durable and dirty. You know, perfect, perfect villain to beat. Yeah, well, we know why they promoted him so hard. Tank beat him, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyone got... tank beats anyone tank beats is is suddenly a top opponent. But yeah, right. <laughs> um, One but, hand, okay. apparently. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so okay, I guess we're all in agreement that we feel that Jack Catterall should. You know, put on a good performance and bounce back and uh, reinsert his name. Yeah. And put himself back in conversations with the rest of the 140 pounders as someone that is a contender, which is, as you know, full of killers, division full of killers. So, absolutely. You know, I I think, and I don't know if it's because you are more polite on that side of the world, you you, um, use a statement like put himself back in conversation. I have to say that based on how his career's gone and what's happened to him, I think he needs to kick in the door and serve notice. You know, I, trying I to get back in conversation. I think he needs to, I think Catterall needs to take a page out of the Keyshawn Davis book. <laughs> yeah, and really talk himself up. It's true, actually, because he, well, he's not really a talker, you know, is he? Well, he's quite, no, no. yeah, yeah. He's no. laid back, chilled. He's got to no. kick in the door on this, punctuate it, and then at the end of it, stand on the middle rope, pound his chest, and serve notice, stare down the camera, and, and call people out. Yeah. Mm. You know, no. tell them, you guys have done me wrong. I'm here. I'm sh- I just showed you. I did mm. to this guy what nobody else has really been able to do. Linares has lost. He lost to Haney. But what do we say about that fight? What do people he, he, most he remember about that fight? <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Matador. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then what what else do we remember about that what was happening in the locker room after what did the microphones pick up Haney oh, yeah. questioning uh, hardest. <laughs> the hardest huh. how was my power right, <laughs> right. Well, what do you think uh, you know <laughs> yes what yeah you know so and he, even against Loma great performance against Loma he dropped decked, Loma he Lo- decked, decked Loma decked him yep Lomaris right. is a very good look oh, he's old now but in his career, very, very good champion, very, very good fighter. Very at one still point, a sharp, still yeah. a sharp puncher. Still yeah. dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. So so Catrol needs to really make a statement here and just drive the point home that I was done dirty and I'm not going away quietly. Fair. Jack, if you listen to this pod, you've been told. <laughs> beat, your, beat, your, beat your chest, bro. <laughs> yeah. let, 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 right. let, 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 let these guys know still. Yeah, cool. That's right. That's right. Hayden, flows. Let's Ooh. get to it. This is the main reason as to why we want Hayden on this week. <laughs> oh, yes. It's Joshua Boatsy fight week. Hayden has been very vocal to us in, you know, in terms of just him being a fan of Boatsy, a believer in Joshua Boatsy. Um... <laughs> So I'm looking forward to having this conversation here. He's up against Dan Aziz. Um, it's a domestic dust-up. Two of the best domestic lightweights in the country. I mean, we've been saying, Flo, is that, you know, the UK light heavyweight scene is superb. There's a lot of quality, top quality light heavyweights in the UK. And if not for those two Russians, those two Russians, we probably have some UK champions, if not for those two guys. It's unfortunate those two Russians are around, but... Yeah, it still hasn't stopped us from having great super fights here in the UK between the light heavies. Um, I don't, where do I start with this one, Flores? <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to come out and say it, man. Um, uh, look, you see me, Flores, you know me. I, I, I say I speak my mind. 
I am worried for Joshua Dwight in this fight. I am super <laughs> worried. In fact, I'm going to tell you it straight, guys. I have Dan Aziz beating Joshua Boatsy. And I'm basing this off the fact that I'm going off Joshua Boatsy. Because me too, Hayden, I am a believer of Boatsy and I'm a fan of Boatsy. And I've, I pinpointed him as the best, well, maybe a year ago, two years ago, I said that he's the best light heavyweight in the country. I've seen him hook up with Virgil Hunter, who we'll speak about as well. <laughs> yeah, we the, the performances from what I've been seeing have been leaving a lot to be desired to me. He hasn't been showing me enough that I feel like he hasn't been showing me the progression, which I feel that he should have shown me. He's been showing you aggression, as you've clicked. Sorry? Yeah, I, I, question, I question if, he, if he's regressed, <laughs> actually, because some of his performances, to me, haven't been great. And I look at someone like Dan Aziz. It's two complete different contrasts. We've got Joshua Boatsy, who obviously went to the Olympics, storied amateur background, has been sort of thrust into the limelight and been given that limelight in that spot. I've watched Dan Aziz come up. He's come up the hard way, overlooked a lot of the time. Had to get out of the mud from the trenches, Hayden. Get out of the mud, work and grind to where he can get to now and he, how he's found himself in this position. Dan, Dan Aziz has done it the hard way. Close. He got like everything. What he got, what the British title, Commonwealth, European, English. English yeah. Yeah. He, he went through all the stages to get all the belts. This is someone that, again, was unheralded, was overlooked, and has now inserted himself into these conversations. And I see the way Dan Aziz fights. And it's, it's, he's a hard night's work for everyone. Relentless, on your chest all the time, constant pressure. Doesn't mind taking one to give two or three back. Um, high engine, high work rate. So based off Aziz's performances, which have been very, very, for me, have been increasing and increasing and increasing where I'm seeing Boatsy's performances that have, to me, have been regressing a little bit. That's why I'm, it's, again, it's the under, he's the underdog. I know he's the underdog, but it's just what I've got a feeling in my in my chest, in my heart. And that's why I am pulling towards Dan Aziz for this fight. And I never thought I'll say this, but yeah, it is what it is. But one thing I will add before I let you guys jump in, I don't mind being wrong here because of the fact that, one, I'm a fan of Joshua Boatsy and I want to see Joshua Boatsy be great. And I know that if he does beat Dan Aziz and he comes through this, he would have attained a level that I expect him to be at. Because you don't, Dan Aziz is no slouch. And you don't beat Dan Aziz by having it easy. Dan Aziz is going to give him hell. And I want Joshua Boatsy to match that and rise to it. So him winning this fight tells me that he showed me something. And you show me the level where he should, he should be at to be someone like Dan Aziz. So that's why I think Dan Aziz is, yeah, that's 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 why I don't mind being wrong. But I've got Dan Aziz winning this, which is controversial, I know. Um, Hayden, <laughs> Watsi is your guy. And we had a conversation about this earlier, actually. But um, yeah, give me your thoughts on just Watsi's career as of late and what he's been showing you. And, you know, do you still believe, are you still a believer? Do you still believe that he is the one that can go to the top in the UK division? Or are you worried for him based on what you've seen recently? Aziz is cause for concern. Uh, we'll get that out <laughs> right up. Yeah. Um, for a number of reasons, not just uh, not just the abilities that um, <clears throat> Boazzi may seem to be lacking in certain areas, but for the fact that, here we are. Uh, 
he's been very quiet, very pensive and quiet for so long. And then finally, all of a sudden, it comes out that he's actually a raging storm of anger about the way he was treated by Eddie Hearn and the fact that he was, you know, being uh, not being showcased the way he he felt he should have or, or getting title shots that he felt that he was assured that he was going to get based on certain performances. So. The period of inactivity, the internal conflict and changing promote you know promotional companies and all of that those are the perfect storm uh in in situations like this where you've got somebody who's focused laser focused on one thing singular minded here you know i'm going to go through this person to get what i need to get the per you know and that's aziz aziz is focused He's, you know, you'll see him at the Bawatsi fights. They'll put a microphone in his face. And, you know, he respects him. You can tell he he, he talks about Bawatsi um, in, in in a very respectful manner. He uh, evaluates what Bawatsi's doing. And, and, and you can hear him trying to get into Bawatsi's mind as he's doing so. That's dangerous because right now I don't know exactly where Bawatsi's mind is. Um I watched his fight against the Polish fighter. Is it Stepien? Um, yep. You know, Stinker. And I liked. I I, I liked. Well, his... Hayden liked his work. He told me, but yeah, Hayden would break it down. But yeah, go on. go for I, it. I, Convince I, me. I liked Stepien. I thought Stepien was a really good opponent. You could see that there wasn't a size difference. I, actually, I thought Stepien looked a little bit bigger. Um, he was. He was, he was strong. Yeah. Right. He was strong. He was busy. Uh, his movement, lateral movement, in and out movement, a little bit staccato, you know, and shelled up tight. His defense was really, really on point. I knew by the third round that if this guy could keep this up, this was going to the cards. And I like that because I feel right now Buwazi needs to be able to rely on his overall ability over the long haul of a fight not rely on punching power and and heavy-handed output in the short term. I think he needs to be able to prepare for an all-out war. I think uh, I, I there were some harrowing moments in the Spider-Richards fight where I thought, he's gassed, and Spider looks like he's fresh enough to finish this thing, uh, you know, with, with Watsi just not being able to keep his hands up, and then he dug deep. So I saw him dig deep. I saw him be able to do that. I like the fact that his I, I, I said this uh, earlier um, before we, we got on cast that I like the fact that we're not at a 90 some odd percentile or 80 some odd percentile uh, uh, knockout percentage for Boatsy any longer. We're here where he's getting away from that. I'm going to rely on my punching power. Now he's going to have to be able to ration out that power and and balance it out. He, if you look, he's developed an excellent jab, an absolutely excellent jab. Um, I like that he's bending his legs a little bit more now. He still looks a little bit stiff. His head doesn't come off center line as much as I like. It's either before he punches or after, you know, when someone's punching at him. But he should learn to do that during. Um, so I think he's got a little bit. He's he's got some defensive lapses, but I don't think he's being defensively irresponsible. Uh, I'd like to see him move his feet a little bit better. Um, 
you know, it was really hard for him to cut off the ring on on this this last fighter. Uh, but when I look at it, Aziz is a pressure fighter. He's very aggressive. Um, and that's the other side of the coin is he may actually be tailor-made for Buatzi in that respect. Agreed. You mentioned uh, the very point of Aziz, and I, I, I agree with you 100%. He doesn't mind taking it to give it. This guy's going to walk in there, and he's going to want to take two to get the one he wants. The problem is taking two from Buatzi is not the same as taking two from any other fighter he's ever – you don't want to take those two from Buatzi to get your one because you'll find yourself blinking up on the canvas tomorrow and wondering what happened, right? Yeah, uh, that's, so that's a fair point. Yeah, it, it's a very you know I I what fight? Uh, and I'm going to ask you a question. What fight do you think Aziz has taken to prepare him for the kind of power and the boxing ability that Bawazi has? It's a huge step up. No, it's not Rocky right? Fielding. Yeah, this <laughs> is, this 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 is Aziz's no Rocky Fielding yeah. test as well. One hundred percent. This is definitely his. Right. This- Absolutely his Everest right now. Yeah, for sure. Right. So so when we look at it from that perspective, um, we know Baturbiev, we know Bivol, those are the top of the division. If either and I said if either one of those guys weren't there, Spider Richards, I believe, would be in one of those slots. When we look at who's left, who it's in the preparation. I say this over and over again. It's in the preparation. Who does Denizis get to prepare him in his camp for sparring, right? To mimic or to get him accustomed to Joshua Boazzi. Where do you go? What's that guy? As in someone he can What's fight as an interim. Well, well, the guy I have in mind, I actually have ahead of Boazzi. In the in the UK heavyweight rankings, and to me, I yeah. have at the moment I have Anthony Yard as probably the best UK light heavyweight for me at the moment. Um, and do you think Dennis so, has got Anthony Yard? I, I don't know. I don't think he has. Like, no, not at all. So I'm saying there isn't anyone I could that. say he fight. There's uh, there's no one I could say he can fight. Mm, no, not really. I mean, that yeah, there's no present, one to spar with. There's yeah, no there's no there's no one good spar. There's no one prepare. No, there's no preparation fight. Even if no, you go, no. even if you go to the cruiserweight division. To get a little bit more power, he still isn't going to have the speed and timing that Boazzi has, right? Who do you call up? You know, who do you get from there? So where, where do you get that kind of preparation for this kind of fight? Well, they spot each other. They know each other very, very well. Yeah. So that, so that's the only thing is he's got to lean on what Boazzi used to do when he sparred. But my yeah. question to you is, Hayden, you say Boatsy used to do, but are you adamant that <laughs> Boatsy, because I question whether he's regressed or not. Are you? Do you believe that Boatsy has shown enough progression for you from, especially since checking up with Virgil Hunter? I don't. You want to I don't think okay. he, I don't think he's shown, I don't think he's shown enough. I do think he's shown it, but the, okay. the learning yeah. curve has been very slow. And yeah. I think the last time we talked about Joshua Boazzi, I said I felt that it was time for him to find someone else. Um, I think he needs, a, uh, you know, he needs more than Virgil has been able to show him. I think so, it, you, you're just seeing it, the progression versus 
opponent advancement that that it's just that gap is getting closer and closer and closer, right? Are, Hayden, are, are you a fan of Virgil in terms no. of his work? Because obviously we've pressured his resume. No. We thought like no. he struck he struck gold of Andre Ward, but since then it's been a bit. Mm. And you know so that you, was more of Ward's yeah. IQ and yes. abilities than it was Virgil Hunter's tutelage, right? Yes, I, I, we say this I, all the time, I really think that that. Yeah, yeah. I feel Andre Ward was a very adaptable fighter in the ring. Um, he figured a lot of things out, and I think that Virgil was able to give him the confidence to go ahead and do it. But I don't think he he I don't think it was taught. I think yeah. those were those were tools that were already in the box, and he was able to select them. He was right? more of a uh, father figure, right, to Dre, as in just you know, exactly. just the arm around the shoulder, exactly. you know, like I, you know, I won't he, write him off as. I won't write him off as Derek James. Uh, <laughs> oh, Hayden, that's cold, but... man. That's a low blow, man. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, that, 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 that's last year's trainer of the year, man. Have some respect, man. Right, right, right. <laughs> last year, last year's trainer of the year. Because <laughs> and God. this year's what? <laughs> if we, Yo, if we Derek James' reputation's yo, it's in the mud, you know. Derek James' <laughs> reputation is in the mud. Wow. First of all. I don't know how I'm going to start with Deontay Wilder on that one. I don't, how do you hire a guy who can't even beat you to tell you how to beat someone else? <laughs> you know, like brother Malik Scott. You know, yeah, bro, that's, that, that's that's brother Malik, man. <laughs> right, right. You see what I'm to, saying? To be honest, so I always shoot. I always shoot Deontay Wilder, and I'm going to sit down and go. I wouldn't let Deontay Wilder choose his own trainers. Hey, I'm going to shoot Malik Scott some gold. He's actually got a good boxing brain for what I've seen. He knows his I'm stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. but he got his boxing brain knocked around by <laughs> Deontay Wilder. <laughs> I, you know, I question yeah. Deontay Wilder's choice there. Um, Yeah, Derek, Derek just doesn't have... Oh. I, I just I, He just doesn't have that kind of fight IQ. I just don't see... And, you know, Bomax said it. You know, we're going to expose him. We're going to show you... Look. Are you surprised that Spence lost that fight? Were you surprised? The way he lost, yes. No, the way he see? lost, yes. Okay. <sighs> okay, what did you see Spence do in that fight that he's never done before? Did you see That's anything true. different? No. but no. I, Overshooting, overshooting yeah. his punches, not being <laughs> able to punch on the inside. Hayden, Hayden, you're going to break my heart, man. You're going to break my heart. I said it in, I said, I said, right when the fight started, I said, we're going to, I'll tell you, I looked at my friend, I said, I'm going to tell you right now how this fight's going to go. Let's see when the bell rings, how long he can keep his feet in position. If we see him start to splay out and get a wider, wider, wider stance, and he did. The guy looked like you know, he looked like Brishnikov doing the splits after a while. His legs got so wide and he lost his height and trying to sit down to throw big power punches, long punches. You're not going to do that to Crawford. You're not going to be able to line him up for those. Fun. He just didn't know how to make the adjustment for the distance that Crawford was able to close. And I said, the fight's over. 30 seconds into the fight, he was already doing it. I said, this fight is over. <laughs> And uh, I, I and what's he going to be able to do if they haven't seen that in all this time? It's going to be a repeat. I don't care if they fought this at you know one fifty four, one sixty. It, it doesn't matter how many yeah. times they fight it. It's going to be the same result. Mm. You know, it's not that Spence is a terrible fighter. It's that Spence is not that great. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah. let, let, let's let's bring it back to Dan though. Um, flows. I just want to hear your yep. thoughts on the yep. Boati Aziz fight because you haven't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Both, I took you off course there. So it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> both of you put some good points. Um, my one of my big things with Boati is the inactivity. Um, in comparison to Dan Aziz's activity, I we've known about Boati for a long time before he turned pro. Um, he's been a name on our radar. Dan Aziz came on my radar when he, I think when he won the English title against Andre Sterling. Um, yeah, yeah, a few years ago, and since then he's fought he's fought two, three times a year. I think he's probably fought double the amount of times since then than Joshua Boatsy. Um, I believe Joshua Boatsy should win, but I, I feel Dan Aziz has some confidence because they know each other. They've sparred a million times. He knows what he needs to do. Um, the reason why I think Joshua Boatsy wins, Dan Aziz relies on winning this war of attrition where he drains the opposition fight of confidence because they're hitting him and he's just coming forward. He takes it and he's smiling. He's like, yeah, he smiles at them and then he starts jabbing their face off again. They land a clean shot. He smiles. He says, yeah, nice one. And he just keeps relentless pressure and they just break down. They eventually crumble. You are not going to have Joshua Boatsy crumbling when he's landing these shots, you're not going to be, I don't think you're going to be smiling once he's landing these shots. <laughs> I'll be so honest. I don't think, if he does it to Joshua Buatzi, then he's a different animal. If he can take Joshua Buatzi's power and smile and go, yeah, nice one. And then start out jabbing Buatzi and breaking him down, pressuring him. Then, <clears throat> yeah, that is, 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 a pro, is, a, is a big problem for every fighter. Um, now, I do think Buatzi is going to go through hell, that fight. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be easy. I think he needs to. He needs to go through hell because no. we, we want to see him be great. But the problem is, I, I was, let's go back to the Stepien fight. I remember saying to you, I'm tired of giving credit to Joshua Boati's opponents. I'm tired of saying, because I didn't know Stepien before this. It's the same with Kalic, um, yep. Blotniks I was familiar with. But every time he fights these fighters, I'm like, oh, this fight is really good. They're showing me some great stuff. They're displaying attributes that I like. I'm saying, oh, this is a good competitive fight. At this stage, it shouldn't be for Boatsy anymore. He should be... Th- well, I guess that's credit to the level of opposition he's fighting, but every single time, Kalic, never heard of him, unknown quantity, Kalic gives him help. Stepien, while Stepien wasn't hurting him, Stepien was unloading on him at points, was looking good in portions, yeah. and I said, I'm tired of seeing these fighters I don't know look impressive against you. <laughs> I'm tired of having they, to give credit know, to your opponents. They were, they were really good. They really, hey, Stepien was really good. Stepien's, was... Stepien's a problem for most of the guys in the division. He really would be a, a problem. He's such a mobile fighter. And and how many times did you did you hear them say, "Oh man, he's just tucked up so well"? And then, but credit to Boati. Okay, I can't get it down the middle, and was able to go around the elbows and really get to Stepien's body quite well, often. Yeah, yeah, did. right. And it yeah. forced you could see him now. You saw a new wrinkle in Joshua Boatsi, who wasn't used to bending his legs, coming off center, reaching around the guard to hit a guy. You know, he's straight on blasting through the guard and he couldn't get through it. So he's he finally said he'd go around it. And he really did. He was able to get that done. You know, I, I don't. I don't think that he's been uh, trained in a way that forces him to think i don't think his sparring partners over time now dan aziz is another beast right and 
I wonder, uh, off of what Flows was just saying, you know, as I sat there listening to him and thinking about it, you know, we know they were sparring partners for so so often, right, in the past. I wonder if the punch resilience that Aziz has is because of sparring with Joshua Boazzi. When you're sparring with a guy who arguably to me, you know, maybe Baturbiev hits as hard. I know Bivol doesn't. Maybe Baturbiev does. When you're sparring with a guy that hits as hard as he does, right, as accurately as he does, and you get rocked, and you, get, you build up sort of a nervous callus, a, a sort of tolerance, right, mm -hmm. that other guys comparatively won't be able to trigger. So I wonder if that that's where that comes from and if that's the confidence he's had. But then you you wonder, OK, but does it stop there? Is is that power that he has the pinnacle? Is there a psychological advantage there that Boazzi has? Because by most accounts, he got the better of sparring usually. Right. Or has Aziz finally gotten up to that level and felt like, okay, I've got a skill and, and my So those are some of the things that, those are some of the questions I would have going into something like this about mm -hmm. this fight. I do think there is cause for definite concern uh, for sure. my guy, Boat, in this one. Um, I'm not even going to pretend. I also think that, again, I'm happy. Like I said, this is why I said I'm happy being wrong in my prediction because ultimately I want to see the best of both guys. And I know that if Boatsy beats Aziz, we're going to get the best Boatsy. And it's going to be need to be the best Boatsy to beat someone like Aziz in terms of, again, someone that's got such a chip on his shoulder, done it the hard way, has watched Boatsy get all the accolades. Obviously, they know each other very, very well, sparred dozens of rounds together. You know, so it's a case of, look, I've been seeing you get the shine and I'm looking at you. I'm coming for you. I'm going to, you know, take your shine, take all that I'm you part got, of your and shine. I'm, 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 yeah, and become the new guy. So, you know, that's what I can see is going through Aziz's head. And he's, as you said, um, Hayden, he seems focused from the, from the get-go, razor-focused. He is One track, just mm, like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming for you. Yeah. I'm going to bring a storm your way. Can you weather the storm? And if Waxy does do that, I'll be so happy because, again, that means he would have shown me something, which is what I want to see ultimately from Boatsy. And the one more thing as well, the implications as well. The winner is supposedly meant to get Anthony Yard, which is another huge fight in the UK. These are probably, you know, the two best UK lightweights. So that's another tasty fight, you know, if whoever, get the, whoever gets the winner. So, well, the winner yeah. is meant to get Bivol. The winner is meant to be number one for Bivol. So, so, so yeah. and that's what I'm kind of bummed about at this point in his career is that we're we're going to have to see the best Bawatsi against Dan Aziz instead of getting to see the best Bawatsi against Baturbiev or Bivol and then well, getting to see the best Bawatsi against a challenged, you know, against someone like uh, uh, Dan Aziz challenging for his title. Well, we can't forget that he was offered Bivol, um, Hayden, and the team turned it down. The team I, turned I, it down, and I, I don't know I, why. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I think I know why. Hayden, they knew he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for someone like that. He would have lost. He would, in fact, he would, got, thumb, he, he, he would have got beaten badly. I'll be so real. But the rule of thumb, especially, you know, I was always taught that by promoters, is you take the title fight. And if you weren't ready, 
then you weren't ready and you lost to the champ. If you if you somehow beat that guy, you're the world champion, and you have it, it buys you a little time to develop yourself and 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 look at the landscape and plan how you're going to keep that title. That's the rule of right? thumb, Hayden. That's the correct way to do it. But we know this new yeah. school, this new school of boxing, they do things a little bit differently. They try and protect O's. They try to build yeah. their fighters up and whatnot. So yeah. to be yeah, fair to Boatsy, if if he if he signed to face before, then he would have had to stay with Matchroom. I think that that's what he insinuated that that may be a part of that as well. Yeah, that, mm, that was yeah. the reason. So um, yeah, because it was really he was really disenchanted. Uh, I was really was. absolutely was. surprised to hear him say those things about Eddie Hearn, um, because he's usually generally pretty reserved. Yeah, in that respect, and I. I I couldn't believe how disgruntled he sounded, you know, he sounded about that. So, you know, yeah, that could have been part of it as well. Um, and, and, you know, I know Eddie Hearn had promised him a lot of things and, you know, honestly, we shouldn't be talking about a Buatzi who has fought in relative obscurity, you know, only on streaming platforms and things like that. It, it, you know, not a single pay-per-view anything. He's just, and and here he is, really, uh, in the grand scheme of everything. If Dan Aziz wins, who the heck is Joshua Boatsy to the boxing world? They'll, 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 they will call him a hype train. Someone that had all the hype and, if, and, and, and the train. You know who will call him a hype train? People over there. Yeah. Over here? Yeah. When yeah, I yeah, see yeah. Joshua Boatsy. Nobody they knows, knows him. Yeah. No one knows him. Yeah. They already they already call him a hype trip over here. It's almost it's almost as bad as if I said Otto Wallen. <laughs> <laughs> your guy. Your guy. Your guy. I had to get that. Had to get that in. Of course, of course. No, um, it's interesting because me and Flo is actually going to the fight next week. We'll, we'll be there front and center. Looking forward to it. Hopefully it'll be awesome. a, a banger. Um it but, has to be. Yeah, no, it, no. I I think it will be exciting because because as you said, yeah. they're both exciting fighters and whatnot. And um, it, like I said, it, it has big implications for both of them. I think they could. But if if whoever loses can come again, it's not over for, for whoever loses. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's, you realize that Watsi's not getting any younger. Yeah. At this point, yeah. Yeah. They're both not getting younger. As he's as he's what thirty yeah. three right flows. As he's 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 not he's not young. Um. So it's it's Isn't kind of 33? like a. Yeah, is he is he's as older than Boatsy? He's he's yeah. been a, yeah. he looks young. Yeah. He's, yeah. He looks young, but he's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was younger for some reason. No, no, he's about thirty three. So you know, he he himself as well knows that this is like he's got to take these chances. They both have to take these chances for sure. It's now or never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we're all in agreement as well that we feel like Boatsy should change trainers as well. Just want to ask you, Hayden, who do you who would you like to see him with if you had to give a recommendation? Who would I like to see him with? You know. Bomack wouldn't be a bad trainer for him. Yeah, well, everyone wants to run to Bomack now, obviously. Right. We saw what he did with you, Bank Jr. Yeah, I think he has the it factor. Of course. That Bomack would right take and, and do, right. And and honestly, you know, again, the incremental, the, the small incremental changes we're seeing with Buwazi, I think anything that Bomack does is a drastic change at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, and I think that at Look, this point in his career, for him to get a drastic result, he's going to have to make a drastic change. Look, Bomac had Chris Eubank Jr. looking like a competent boxer, <laughs> so right. I know he right. can work. I know he can do 
miracles of anyone. So, yeah, because Eubank Jr. doesn't listen. So, for him to do yeah. that to Eubank... <laughs> and it, w- it won't be a miracle, you uh, uh, It won't be a miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't, uh, again, I won't relegate Virgil Hunter to uh, being Roy Jones as a trainer either. You know, I, <laughs> I think, I think that uh, he needs someone that understands that, you know, first of all, he has a mastery of the fundamentals. I think to a flaw, almost in an Anthony Joshua sort of way. Yeah, we've mentioned this. It's right? too amateur esque sometimes in terms of the right. fund. Yeah, yeah. We, I know exactly what you mean. Robotic, even robotic. Right. So that it becomes yeah. predictable. Yes. Right. And not super creative. Yeah. So he's got to learn to color outside of the lines a little bit. Yeah. And I think that somebody like Bo Mack can teach him that. Yeah. Very good point. Nice. Nice. I hope, well, I hope to see it one day. Um, we will be in for a special yeah. fight up if it does happen. So, yeah. Oh man, be this great. has been this 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 is this has been great. It's been a wonderful episode, right, Flores? Um, <laughs> we, we do have to round up in it in a bit, but before we we go, Hayden, I have to ask you because it, it just we have to. Um, a big up and coming fight in the one forty pound division. Your guy Regis Progre. I mean, you've been very vocal how close you are to the camp and how close you are to Regis. Boy. Obviously, you're you're a boxing savant, so you know, you know, you know boxing, and I'm sure you know that the opponent he's got coming up, Devin Haney, he's hit. You know, he he's that guy at the moment. He's that guy. I want to know your thoughts on that fight. How do you think Regis will fare? You know, predictions, everything. Talk to me about that fight, fight Hayden. Do you believe Regis so, can do it? <laughs> I think he can. I absolutely believe that Regis has not slowed down. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that feel like he has, look, he hasn't taken any, aside from Josh Taylor, what abuse has he really taken in this career? Right. Regis is a big, I, 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 he is a big puncher with either hand. I mean, you know, Ivan Redcatch. Yeah. Look at what happened with Ivan Redcatch. That fight didn't last two seconds. You know, the guy's got a broken wrist. Understand this. A lot, a lot of people, and, and, and it's tough in this sport because you to the casuals that pay the bills, you're as good as your last performance. Last yeah. Yeah. I believe Regis lost that fight to Zerillo. Um, but, uh, and he, and he did admit getting dropped in that fight. They did, they didn't call it him, you know, but he, he got dropped. We, we know he got dropped, but here's the thing. Devin Haney, has shown issues with fighting southpaws. And he doesn't have the pound-for-pound punching power that it takes to keep a guy like Regis Progre honest or off of him, should he get in trouble. Right? Regis is a hunter-stalker. He's going to come after you, and he's got the power to, to... He comes in behind heavy artillery. We saw... And I'm going to go way back to Yoriokas Gamboa. We saw a chinny old, washed up Yoriokas Gamboa look like a cobra bag in there, but would not get knocked out. He couldn't stop him. He didn't even drop him. <laughs> and I said, you, if you, Gamboa is notoriously chinny, right, Flores? And Haney right, couldn't even right. drop him. I mean, he's he's getting hit and you see, he's swaying like a cobra bag. <laughs> and you can't get rid of him? So what do you have in the bag that's going to stop a guy with a granite chin 
like Regis, that I'm your style is is peck and peck and peck and move and peck and jab and peck and stick and peck and that's not enough for Regis. Okay, Zarillo is is mobile and awkward and long and deceptively powerful, and Regis couldn't get to him because he's walking and he's walking he's following him in a defensive circle i'm sorry you're not zarillo i'll tell you what zarillo beats devin haney to me <laughs> absolutely if the zarillo well, that showed up that night i think zarillo is very underrated he's very don't, don't very don't get me wrong. zarillo is definitely underrated and he shows what he's about but that's a no. I, I, I'm not gonna go as far as to say that I think he beats Devin Haney. And I will say this: I will challenge this, though. Hayden, you say what does Hayden? I mean, Haney have cool. He might not have the power. I agree with you. He won't be able to keep reaches off him. But he does have the boxing ability and skills to fight at range and put on the boxing clinic. And although he's not as awkward as Zarillo, as we saw, Zarillo is a very a damn good boxer from what I could see from that fight against. He could box very very well. Definitely. Haney, Haney is Haney is an elite boxer, <laughs> and again, it's you, you weigh up, right? Can they keep him off him? He can't. Like, would he be able to outbox Regis? I believe he can, and I think Regis is a good boxer as well, a very good boxer. Yes. But it's it's just I, I agree when it comes to a technical elite level, Haney is one of the best, <laughs> and it's I, I, yeah, I agree. It's I agree. Yeah, it's I that. agree. I agree. However. Here's what makes Haney elite. He's fundamentally sound. He has consistent punching power. Not exceptional. Consistent. Mm -hmm. He's accurate. He's He's got good eyes. So he does everything well, which... He's got size as well, if I add as well. He's, he's naturally quite but big. He's still, but, he, 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 but Regis is really the bigger fighter here. Regis is the more dense fighter. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's right? more dense, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Haney's taller, but in terms Longer, of Longer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, I get you. Right, yeah. exactly. So when you look at it, Devin Haney's superpower is being good in all areas, right? The diff and that's what makes him elite, because you don't find fighters as complete as Devin Haney all the way around. The problem with that is if you don't have a superpower, super punching power, super chin, super resilience, right? Super IQ, something that's outstanding, that can be your kryptonite. And I think that the punching power that Regis has, the resilience that Regis has, and the 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 relentless nature of that rougarou mentality is going at the end of the day for a guy who's going to ask you in the locker room after hey what did you think of my punching power i think it's going to overcome that mentality i think it's just too much i think it's the kind of pressure that breaks that pipe i don't think devin haney's superpower is 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 that special in any one place I think he's overall very good, but I don't think he has the greatness of any one of those things to be the deciding fight. If he had exceptional punching power and and Regis knew, oh my gosh, that hurt, I could be decked. 
he wouldn't he would have he would have a puncher's chance if he had a super high IQ, super high ring IQ. He know he he would know he could outmaneuver Regis, and Regis wouldn't be able to hit him flat. He doesn't have that. He gets hit. Lenara's Lenara's rocked him. He got hit by. He's been hit by so many guys that don't hit as hard as Regis, that aren't as big as Regis, that aren't as busy as Regis, that aren't as accurate as Regis. Right? Regis will walk through some of these punches, and he's shown some some issues with southpaw fighters. Right? I believe when he first gets cracked by Regis and hurt, he's going to revert to what he normally does, and that's going to be peck, peck, peck. Punch, peck, 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 hold. Regis's arms are short. And if you reach out to hold him, he's punching under and around that, you know, those are, he's not the kind of guy that's going to hold. Uh, Zerillo held, but he held and turned. He held at length. He held a lot, but he also pushed Regis down in areas. These aren't things that Devin Haney's ever done. It's funny he's, because that peck, peck, peck. Well, punch, peck, 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 hold that you described. That's how I expect Haney to fight this fight, anyways. That's what. That's, that's how I expect. To, to, that's, that's what I think he, he will do, and fight. I think he wins that way if he does it that way. Because obviously, I don't think he can go toe to toe with Regis. No way. Regis bangs that, hard. So that's how he. So has I expect to him to do, do it. it. Yeah, that's how Close, he has to do it. Jumping. But Regis, but Regis is prepared for that, and Regis will bang him. Okay, and that's the problem is when he he when when Devin Haney reaches out. His arms are so long, he reaches out too early. He doesn't close the distance with his legs, so he's bending forward a lot of times when he's reaching, and it's a little bit overreaching out of his center, and Regis sits in his center. You'll never see Regis overreaching. He sits in his center because he doesn't have long arms. Mm. Okay. So that can be problematic. Close. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I have to credit Devin Haney. I think moving up and fighting Wiggle straight away is... It's crazy. Right. It's it's like crazy. There's there's a lot easier picks in that division to move up to fight. Um, and I don't think he's faced a monster like Regis. Um, well, he hasn't. It's the truth. He hasn't. He hasn't. He simply hasn't. Um, Not monster puncher. No. Yeah. yeah he's for fighting the Loma to Regis. Um, Regis can punch. We've seen him wobbled, like Haney said. We've we've seen him hurt. And I think the storm will come in that fight for Haney. Um, and he's gonna have to survive a storm in that fight at some point. I do have Haney winning. I do. I think, like you say, I think the peck, peck, peck holds and box a move and try, try to, try to not engage as such. Um, try not to fight Regis's fight. I think he'll go down that route. Um, I, I think, I think he takes confidence in some some of the sparring stories he's heard between Core and Regis. Um, and I think he's he's taken some confidence in that that he can beat Regis. So it, it, it's an interesting fight. I, I do have Haney winning. I think Haney's the real deal. Um, but yeah, I think this this will be his toughest fight without a shadow of that. I don't think Loma. Sure. <laughs> I don't think Loma. Actually, question, actually, Hayden, just out of interest, did you have Haney beating Loma, or did you have Loma winning that fight? I had Loma winning that fight. Ooh. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same. So uh, I, me too. I, I did have him I, winning that I, fight. I, I, you I, know, I, and it was a close fight. Uh, it was there a close some, fight. Some, I had, yeah. yeah there some swing rounds there. Uh, you know, there, there were some rounds where I thought that could have gone either way. I, yes. I wouldn't have been mad with a draw. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, I didn't agree with the scorecards at all, but I did have Loma winning the fight. And, you know, now when I go back and I watch it and I break it down round by round um, and I look at some of the genius things that Loma did in slow motion, you know, I, I, I really and I, uh, also I watched that fight with no volume. Uh, I watched that fight sitting down with um, with Rocky Juarez and uh, Rocky Juarez and I, you know, he has a boxing gym here in Houston. We went out to a place uh, uh, a, a sports bar and you know they they just had it it was the only screen it was the biggest screen in the place but it was the only screen showing the fight everything else was showing some other sport so we sat down and he thought that David Devin Haney was going to win that fight I said you know it's a good good chance that Haney Haney wins this fight but I would like to see Loma give it one last hurrah you know I I, I really feel like um a lot of times people aren't giving him his just deserves at this stage in the game fighting at this level. I don't think he got it against Tio. And I said, yeah, I'd like to see him go out really on top. But as we got into this fight, by the time we got to round seven, uh, Rocky looked at me, he goes, Haney needs a knockout to win this fight for sure. I said the you same know, thing in the, in the final. Yeah. I looked at him and I nodded my head. I was, I was actually surprised. Um, that it was going the way I thought, you know, just watching it, no commentary and seeing what we were seeing two fighters talking about it, who had kind of expected Haney to win. We both were in agreement that at that point he was in deep a little bit. And, you know, it wasn't like, you know, it was so one-sided, but some of the close rounds, we still lean towards Loma and they add up to, he needs a knockout to win after the seventh round. And um, I was, uh, you know, I, I was disappointed. Um, I'm sure Loma was because, you know, he really if, go back and watch that fight and look at some of the just break down some of the things that he didn't, especially in the middle rounds, uh, you know, manipulating uh, Haney's position, moving him around and landing certain punches. You know, anytime Haney landed something, he got change for it. He didn't get out cleanly without getting return fire. Um, so, yeah, I did. I, I definitely had Loma winning that fight. Uh, it was competitive fight. I enjoyed it. I absolutely enjoyed the the anxiety it gave me. But um, yeah, I, I had that very close. Okay. Yeah. Just I just out of interest, I wanted to know because yeah, yeah. Me, 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 me and Flo's are split as well. Flo's, I think, had Haney. I thought it was a super close fight, but I just about gave it to Loma. Super flows, yeah, flows, super flows, flows gave it to Haney. I wasn't mad at either. Twelve rounds for me that, yeah. that, that pipped it for me in Haney's favor. But yeah, we'll see. Actually, we'll see. I, I think Haney, if Haney does make it look easy, that's impressive. And I, I've, there I say, and, I and you know, he could. he could, he could. You never know what he picked up he after that Loma fight, right? Mm. Do yeah. you still have yeah. for you, Hayden? Do you still think Regis is for you? Is he the number one, one forty pounder? Or you leaning towards Tio, maybe, or yeah, or try to be biased. <laughs> After yeah. Tio's last performance, yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's just phenomenal. looked elementary. Oh my gosh, yeah, and he was he was in a for a moment there, he was in a Roy Jones realm of you can't touch me, I can do anything Facts. I want. Facts, I can do but, anything I want to you, you know, and it, it just that was his swan song for sure. And, and I don't know where that had been prior again. Maybe it came after he fought Loma. 
And that's what I mean. Can is this the Loma effect all over again? And if, you know, if we see Haney go in there and it it's, it's just elementary and he just picks him apart and does his thing easily, then maybe that's what I'll, I'll refer to it as the Loma effect from now on, you know? And, and I think the thing with Tio is Loma, from fighter. I think the thing with Tio is he has to be up for the fight. You know, when it's an opponent that he can overlook, or he's not focused for. We can see what he does. He doesn't doesn't turn up. But if it's a big yeah. opponent, someone that you know that he might be the underdog for, that's when we see the real Tiafimo Lopez. So yeah, he needs yeah because I couldn't see sure. Cambosis. I can't see that Cambosis has anything that special that would give Loma that kind of trouble. I'm I'm sad nope. that that's the fight on the table right now for Loma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know because Cambosis. Okay, if we're if we're looking for gatekeepers. <laughs> I've been saying it. I've been saying it. I've been that guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so to go sure. from Cambosis, the Cambosis debacle to where he performed that night against Taylor, I, honestly, you know, he was in the Matrix. Yeah. And that oh, to me man. is kind of the Loma effect. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair point. Oh, uh, we can we can literally do this all day, but we do have to round up. Unfortunately, gotcha, I'll tell you gotcha. what. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. We have to flows. We do have to get Hayden back, maybe for the uh the review pod of the Haney camp. The Hay- yeah, the post fight for the Haney. Um, yeah, the Haney uh progress fight. The post fight we we've got to get Haney. I mean Hayden back for that for sure. It'd be interested cool. to see the aftermath on that one. Um, but yeah, man, this this. Again, Hayden, thank you for joining us. It's been superb again. Oh, thanks special. for having me. It's been a Honestly, pleasure. It's been, been great talking to you. Um, we look forward to having you again. Um, but yeah, for us, let's round up. This has been episode 164 of the Strategy Season Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm your boy, Cam. I'm your boy, Flows. And as always, guys, check us out on streaming. Before we leave you as well, Hayden, do you want to just drop, plug anything, drop your socials or whatever, where people can find you so they can, you know. Hayden. Hayden Cowie Guru on Instagram, Hayden Cowie on Facebook, and that's that's all I'm using. Um, yeah, and and drop me a note if if, if you want. Uh, I'm I'm always up for a good chat. Great, thank you, Hayden. Flows signing out. Take care. Peace. Peace.